this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This is the Book Riot Podcast, a weekly news and talk show about what's new, cool, and worth talking about in the world of books and reading. This is episode five, recording on Thursday, June 6th. I'm Jeff O'Neill, and I'm here with Rebecca Shinsky. We're the editors of BookRiot.com. Rebecca, how are you? I'm good. I am good. I am. Yeah, I'm a little bit lonely this week, Jeff, since we're not sitting right next to each other. Comfortable and lonely. (laughs) I'm comfortable and lonely. Last week was fun, but sweaty. Yeah. Um, we got a long show today. There's so many links, but it's a good so thing. So many are, things. How, however many miles it is between Brooklyn and Richmond, because um, we, we, got a lot to, we got a lot to talk it's about. too many miles, Did you recover Jeff. from BA? Are you recovered from Book Expo America? I am. You know, I took a really good nap when I got home on Sunday afternoon yeah. uh, and slept for more hours than I want to publicly admit that night. No, nah, you don't have to admit anything right now. <laughs> So we um we talked um on Friday last week and there's a couple more days of the show. Were there anything we didn't we should catch up on or anything interesting happening afterwards? Mm, I met Jim Carrey. I hope you would say that. Yeah. We haven't talked about this. We haven't. I saw you took a picture. How what happened? Tell me. Uh, so, tell me a story. So Jim Carrey, he is self-publishing a children's book because it's he about wanted water or a wave or something. Something oceanic. <laughs> <laughs> I know that is super helpful. Yeah, you're clearly paying attention to the pitch as you were meeting. Right. Well, so uh, they, he announced it a month or so ago. I remember this like making its way through the book internet when he first said he was going to do a children's book. Which like this, it just makes a ton of sense to me that Jim Carrey would write a children's book. It'll probably be fun and funny. But then he decided to self-publish it. He said that's what everybody's doing these days. That's what the cool kids are doing. It's the way of the future. So. I'm going to self-publish my book. So the book doesn't actually exist yet, but I was walking around BEA on Saturday during Power Readers Day, which is when Book Expo opens the floor to regular people who love books but don't work in the industry. And if you're listening to this podcast, you might be interested in this for next year. Think yeah, I think you pay 49 bucks for the ticket and you get to have access to the full floor. You can see the publisher booths. You can go to signings. You can go to lunches and meet authors and uh, go to talks and see all sorts of things. And next so they had- should have a Book Riot listener- um, Meet up on Power Oh, we should. Day. That would be great. Anyway, sorry, back to Jim. Oh, yeah. So uh, I was finishing a meeting and walking around and seeing what the Power Readers were into. And uh, Jan, who is our sales guy, uh, noticed that Jim Carrey was signing in a booth right nearby. And uh, one of our other Book Riot coworkers was looking to get a signed print because they don't have books yet. So he was signing prints of the artwork um, of the cover art for his son. So we stood in line. We talked to some readers. Uh, we got a signed Jim Carrey thing. Like Sadly, Jim Carrey and I did not have a lengthy and insightful conversation about books. Um, he said hi, and we posed for a picture. And like that was it. But all the people in line were really great, and we were in line for a long time. So I, I bet he's an uh, electric life. He seems like He's just kinetic. Yeah, he um, he doesn't seem like he's aged, which is sort of, you know, well, amazing slash I, I not very. An answer for that. There is an explanation. Yeah. He was, you know, for the like 20 seconds that I was there, he was really great. Um, but for me, the remarkable thing about that experience of waiting to meet him was that we were some of the only industry people in that line. So it was really great to just talk to people who cared enough about books to go and spend their Saturday morning walking around the Javits Center, which is, you know, like the 10th circle of Dante's hell. Yeah. Um, it was great. 
Sure, because Very he's cool. self-publishing and not a lot of industry people are going to be sitting there. You know, he's kind of going outside the industry and trying. Yeah, he's doing something different. And, the you know, the the professional book people like to be very, oh, I'm not starstruck by anything or I don't wait in line for people. Um, but it was just very cool to hang out with with readers and be reminded of how many people are into books. It was great. Well, if I were Jim, I, I think I'd go that way. He's got enough wattage to move some units of a self-published book, don't you think? No reason I to think, give up that percentage to a publisher? Yeah, I think so too. Um, there are a lot of celebrities who do children's books, and I, I think a lot of them could probably yeah. self-publish. Um, but he definitely has the wattage. I'd like to see maybe the pioneer woman do it. She's mm. done a couple children's books mm-hmm. about the basset hounds that live on her farm. Yeah. Uh, it would be cool too. So he was probably the biggest uh, name there the uh, weekend that we saw. That, well, or not that we saw that was there. Jeff Grumpy Cat was the biggest name oh, of the week. <laughs> the biggest bipedal name was Jim Carrey. But yes. the, the, the biggest uh, mammalian was Grumpy Cat. I think it is confirmed now that the longest lines were for Grumpy Cat. And then all librarians, 100% librarians. Oh, and, and Liberty Hardy, who writes for us. No, she doesn't count. <laughs> Some other manner of being. Hi, Liv. She's like practically a librarian. Yeah. She counts. She has the glasses. It's all good. All right. Well, we talked about the books last week. I don't think we, I think we covered the books we were most interested pretty mm-hmm. well. You can listen to last week's show for that. But uh, okay, we're both recovered. Getting ready for summer. Um, all right, let's do the first sponsor. Uh, the first sponsor this week, our show is sponsored by The Corpse Reader by Antonio Garrido. It's a historical forensic murder mystery set in 13th century China. So you're going to learn some things. Uh, it's a fictionalized account of the early life of Song Si, who is the founding father of forensic science. And interestingly, this historical forensic murder mystery that's set in China is translated from the Spanish. Antonio Garrido uh, lives in Spain and wrote in Spanish. It has a pretty snazzy cover, and the blurbs that I've been reading reading are likening it to uh, books by Dan Brown, maybe for readers who like Dan Brown, but something that's a little bit more literary. Song, uh, so this guy existed. Song C existed? This Song is a real C person? existed. That's a real person. He's the founding father of forensic science. So I guess we can thank him for CSI. Man, the Chinese, they got to everything first. They sure did. I mean, wow. So, so okay, that's interesting. So 13th century China, so that's the 1200s. I always have to do that mm-hmm. math. Can we yeah, fix that right now? Twenty first century. If you say thirteenth yeah. century, you mean thirteen hundreds? Decision. It's it's approved. Okay. I approve it. All right. So we're done. The corpse reader, Antonio Garrido. Okay. So yeah. um, people so, can uh, Google that. The corpse reader. And, you can and check find it, out. it out. We'll put a uh, a link to it in the, it show, in the notes. show notes as well. But thank you. Uh, that's Amazon Publishing for the corpse reader by Antonio. It's, a, it's the season for that kind of stuff. You know, it is a mystery. Um, I mean, our feelings. Our feelings about Dan Brown are well documented. So well documented. Nothing. Nothing but love for DB. <laughs> D Brizzle. All right, great. So check that out. Help the show out if you check out the corpse here. Appreciate that. Okay, we got stories. We got stories. You want to uh, talk about the hackathon? Yeah, we got we got a we got a few like internet digital bookish things to do. Let's do them all in a row. Um, Sounds good to so me. So I don't. I think it was two shows ago we talked about book lovers, which mm-hmm. was the with uh, no vowels with no vowels, <laughs> which was uh, an entry into a publishing hackathon, basically a whole bunch of people getting together to try to come up with cool digital stuff to do with and around books. Mm-hmm. And we talked about book lovers, but they had the hackathon and they announced a winner. And the winner was this idea. It's not a site or anything yet. This is, you know, these are prototype sites called Evoke. Um, tell them what that is. It's a young adult discovery engine that takes the characters that you've liked in books that you've already read and recommends other books to you based on those characters. Based on the characters. Well, okay. I've got 
many thoughts here. I have uh, feels about yeah, this. I have thoughts, you have feels. That's a good mm-hmm. team. We're covered. Um, first of all, I don't know if you've looked recently, but online algorithmic book recommendations are terrible. Terrible. So I have, I have a lot of doubts that um, this would work. That you plug in characters, you know, you, you plug in Katniss Everdeen and you get someone like Katniss Everdeen. Like that it would, did the actually physical like process of being recommended a character based on a character you liked would work. That, that's my first caveat. Mm-hmm. Now you go, you go. Okay. So I'm sort of fascinated by how they're going to even get this thing built. Like, so you've got Katniss Everdeen, but then you have to code in a bunch of the characteristics of Katniss. Right. right. Like she's independent and she's tough and she's not that interested in boys, but she's wily and she plays this game very well. And bows and arrows. Right. Bows and arrows. She can shoot stuff and fend for herself. Um, she's a good big sister. She cares about her parents. Like who's going to decide what all the dimensions are that you have to categorize these characters on and then categorize them? And then how do you match them up with other ones? Like if the thing that I like about Katniss is the butt kicking bows and arrows piece, but the thing that gets weighted in their algorithm is the like independent girl in a love triangle. Right. So what you're saying is kind of lining up with one thought I had about it too, which is say we could um, enter into the database, these seven most salient traits about Katniss. You're probably going to like her for different reasons than I would. Mm-hmm. Or are we privileging that we're beautiful, unique, special snowflakes? Maybe we all like Katniss for the same reason. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Maybe we really, it's not as complicated as all that. Well, so I started I thinking about like beloved characters in fiction right. or, or my favorite characters in fiction. And Owen Meany in A Prayer for Owen Meany is one of those like super memorable, very unique characters in fiction. And people either love him or hate him as a a character. I don't think I've ever talked to a reader who was just sort of middling on Owen Meany. Right. But then I was thinking like, well, who, what I recommend, I know I have authors that I recommend to people who like John Irving's books, but I can't think of another character that like scratches the Owen Meany itch. Yeah, I think you're right, but maybe we're overthinking it. I mean, shockingly, maybe we're overthinking it. <laughs> oh my God, but, we overthink But maybe you just simple, like she's independent and athletic and an orphan. You know, you sort of yeah, plug a few things in, you just match them up as best you can. Maybe that's Owen good Owen is like earnest and believes that he's serving a higher purpose. And, and precocious and kind of quirky. Yeah, and he's a good friend. So, you know. So maybe? Yeah, I, I guess it depends on how accurate of a match you're really looking for. I bet maybe you could get it 70% right, and maybe that would be enough. So the second, second thought is, do you like books because of the – I mean, we all say we like characters in books, and I, I think that's true. But is that the, enough of a hook to get you to read a book? Because, mm. you know, one of – both of our favorite books, Gilead by Marilyn Robinson, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. if someone said to me, you know, there's a character just like Reverend Ames, the, the, the main character uh-huh. in Gilead, would that be enough? I'm, I'm not sure about that. What do you think about that? Oh, you know, I think that's a really good question. I don't, for me, that wouldn't be enough. I don't just want Reverend Ames. I want Reverend Ames the way that Marilyn Robinson writes right. him yeah. or Setha in Beloved, the way Toni Morrison writes her or, you know, not, not just somebody's Setha. Yeah. Like that's, a, it's a dangerous game to play. Right. I mean, uh, on the other hand, if maybe you're if like, you read this w- character a bunch of YA is... and you want to tear through a bunch of plucky, precocious reader girl protagonists, mm-hmm. you know, m- maybe it'll work that way. I don't know. I think it's an interesting yeah. proposition. I can see why it won. Um, 
just in terms of it's a different way of thinking about mm-hmm. finding out about new and different books. And I, I think it's interesting. Do you think maybe in some ways YA is a different animal too? Like, you you want to do this? You want to? Yeah, bring no, your, I don't want to do I'm, this. Crack Jeff, in? I'm only on my first beer. I'm not ready for this yet. <laughs> let's let's get out of here safely. Basically, YA is the same as the Iliad. Put the Kraken back in the bottle. Put, it, put, it, put the guns away, folks. <laughs> Kraken back in the bottle. Back that in, is, is that, that what you is, keep a Kraken in a bottle? I don't know. That's not that's not how that works. Okay, that's well, just what <laughs> I was box bottle. I, what do you put the Kraken? Just, just back put in? it back in. <laughs> just go away. Take your Kraken and go away. All right, let's okay. move on. So we got so another the next side. one. So book this vibe. One, this one's called bookvibe.com, and it recommends books based on what your Twitter friends are talking about. I, I looked at this briefly. Did you? Yeah, I tested it out. So I plugged it in, and you know what it showed me? It showed me the books my Twitter friends were talking about. I guess that's helpful. Um, I think you were more interested in this than I was. Do you want to yeah. be well, pro and I'll be con? Sure. Twitter is Shockingly, one of that's how it's going to work. I know that <laughs> right. never works that way. Imagine that we divide the responsibilities that way. Right. Um, So Twitter is one of the primary places that I talk about books and the primary places that I get my book recommendations, usually from people that I know in some other capacity or that now I know in some other capacity because we first met on Twitter. But I thought this would be interesting to see. So when I plugged it in, like just like you said, it popped up the books that my Twitter friends were talking about. I'm not sure how it detects like that you're talking about a book. So that is interesting. Not all the tweets had book in them. Um, I want it to go one step further and have a Pandora like thumbs up, thumbs down. Like there are people in my Twitter stream whose book recommendations mm. I don't want. So mute. I would like you want a kind of a like an algorithmic mute. Right. Or a power up. Like yeah, I I I like what that would Jeff- be sweet because you give yes. me like the magic Mario mushroom and I get like huge <laughs> in your Twitter stream. <laughs> like all my book recommendations are giant. Mm-hmm. And oh these should all have Mario sounds because then I could thumbs it down <laughs> and it would go like dun 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 <laughs> Okay, so you like that. So I thought it was it's a cool idea. I don't think it's where I want it to be yet for me to be a frequent user of it, right. but it's interesting. Maybe as like a a plug in to some other suite of tools or something like that might be I guess what I'm thinking is and I don't how many people do you follow? Um like twelve hundred. See, I think we have different use cases because I don't follow that many really. So I think I see most of the book related talk. Ah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I feel like I have a good sense. Of, of it when a thing gets mentioned enough times that it starts bubbling up to the level of consciousness that I think, oh, enough people have talked about that, that now I should pay attention to the okay. title. Right. Um, but I'm sure that there are great things that just get mentioned once that I don't see. Mm, okay. Yeah. I guess it would be cool if you could make a, like a, use a Twitter list and feed that into book five and say, all right, right. pay super special attention mm-hmm. to these 25 people or something like that. That might be Right. Okay. Yeah. And I mean, there are, there are tons of people that I follow for reasons that aren't book related. Right. And so when they do start to talk about books, likely they're talking about a book that is like related to their specialty area. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That aren't always, yeah, I think some sort of way to like tighten this in a little bit would be okay. great. All right. Yeah. So that's bookvibe.com. You can go there now, right? People you can. can go and go you use. can go there right now and plug in your Twitter handle. Okay. I- I'm more excited about this third one. I think you're excited about it too. Man, I'm so excited. I want it to exist so that then I can be really super excited. Bitlit, I'll, I'll do the read for okay. or the, and you can be pro or con or I'm just going to like pro. sit here and shake my pom-poms. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, you and I are both, I guess I'm all ebook. You're headed I'm quickly headed down, down the slippery yeah. slope of being all ebook. 
And one of the things we both would like, and we've talked about this before, not on the show, but offline, is some books you want to print and an ebook for. You want to read it and have it. Yep. You know, you want the flexibility of an ebook, but you also want the physical object of a of a book. And you know, we've heard people. We've been to conferences, you and I. We've been talking about this and other people. Like, I wish you could buy the print book and get the digital book right there with a code or whatever. Yep. And that's what Bitlit is trying to do. Um, Bitlit.ca. Um, basically, what you do is you buy a print book, you write your name on the copyright page, mm-hmm. and you take a picture and send it to them, and they send you back either a free or deeply discounted ebook version of that. Now, that is what I am talking about. So good. I mean, if we can't be in the place where publishers just bundle ebooks with print books yet, like this is a great solution because I want wickedly hacky I mean let's yeah. be honest like writing your name in a book and taking pictures but you know what give me give me the hacky version but you know what like these are the links to which we have been driven by publishers who won't just get on the bundling bandwagon I know I gotta you know? use I gotta write my name in my book like I'm in fourth grade but I want to read my Dan Brown in print by the pool because I'm totally willing to sacrifice a $20 print book to a giant splash or to getting covered in sand on the beach. Right. And then I want to be able to pick up right where I left off when I sit back down, you know, on the plane or in bed. And I don't want to hold a 500 page book in bed. Like there are just so many use cases where this thing would be awesome. And so these guys, they hacked it. Like good on them. They hacked it. it. I I haven't tried it. You haven't tried it either. It doesn't exist. It's not, it doesn't exist in the U.S. yet. So you can go to bitlit.ca and you can sign up for notifications and they'll notify you when it's available. So no one can get it right now. Yeah, I think maybe it works in Canada. So if you're Canadian and you want to try Um, this out and it works... Give so us they an have email podcast at bookride.com and let us know how it yeah, works. Please let us know. They um I and then tweeted we're come to your house and then use it and leave. Right. Uh but we'll bring you good coffee or beer or both. Yeah. Um I tweeted at them today asking a couple of questions and they answered really quickly. So good on them for being attentive to their social media. Um, but they think it'll be available in the U.S. soon. They're working on, I think, a late summer rollout and they, they're working on, you know, nailing down publisher agreements oh for these ebook things. Also, right. Also, currently they have DRM on them, which is, well, okay. you know, sort of lock stuff down. So in, in my, you know, blue sky situation here. You, know. you don't have to deal with DRM. You just get the ebook that you want. There are no hoops or uh, device restrictions for it. But this is the best solution to this problem that, that I've, I've seen, seen yet. That I've seen. And, and also, um, I never hoped that I would even hope beyond hope <laughs> that I could get digital versions of books I've had for six years. Yeah. In theory, you just pull a book off your shelf that you've had, write your name in it, take them, shoot, shoot them a picture, and they'll send you an ebook if it, or, or a discounted mm-hmm. um version of that ebook, I was just hoping for starting from day now, day zero going forward. But this has sort of a retroactive um, uh, piece to it, which I thought, you know, we'd, I'd never, I'd never see. So that's very cool. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. Very cool. Bitlet, you can sign up um, for notifications. And if you want this to happen, I, I'm guessing the more people they have, they, they get signed up um, early, they can use that in their negotiations with publishers to say, Hey, we've got all these people that want this thing. So if you want this to happen, go to bitlet.ca, sign up um, for a notification, and get on board the train, and let's see if we can, uh, we can make this happen. I, we know nothing about this company other than this now. Yeah, um, I, we came good across name, it. Good name. We know yes. how hard it is to, heart, to name things. Um, bitlet, not bad. Not bad. Okay. Good job, Bitlet. <laughs> good job, guys. Okay. 
Uh, what do we got next? We got new releases. New now. releases. This is you. Go for it. Oh like, man, walk we, me through some. Okay, we are like we're hitting that season where the summer releases are going to be rad. Uh, this is a big week for books. Um, first one is Big Brother by Lionel Shriver. Mm-hmm. She wrote, she, Lionel, is a she, which I learned the hard way by using oh, the too. incorrect pronoun on the internet. Uh, she wrote, we need to talk about Kevin, which is a very well-known work of fiction about a school shooting. Um, and this new book is about siblings, marriage, and obesity. The main character loves to cook. Her husband loves to exercise. And their not altogether comfortable routine gets blown apart when her brother comes to visit. She goes to pick him up at the airport and she doesn't recognize him because he's gained hundreds of pounds since the last time they saw each other and like neglected to mention it to her. Wow. You know, Shriver is not afraid to take on a difficult subject. She's not. I think she's, she's sort of delights in knowing that her readers are uncomfortable at points, but uncomfortable in service of asking a big question. Because we need to talk about Kevin was super hard. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like I'm raising a serial killer. Yeah, it's a mother. Spoiler, uh, sorry, guys. uh, What's the statute of limitations? Uh, Yeah, I don't know. But you know what? Tough. It's tough. It's about a school shooting. It's really difficult. And um, in 2010, the last thing I I read of hers was So Much for That, which is basically like a critique of the U.S. healthcare system. Oh. Um, you know, a family that falls on hard times, the, and then someone gets super sick, and they make all these difficult decisions um, around that. So Shriver it will not shrink um, from no, something tough. Won't. So I'm sure this may not be the most pleasurable new book in the world, but I bet it'll be interesting. I bet it will be. Yeah, you'll be a little squirmy. But it'll be okay with you. You'll probably be glad in the end that you squirmed your way through it. Um, Another big name this week, Transatlantic by Colin McCann. He won the 2009 National Book Award in Fiction for Let the Great World Spin, which I haven't read. You read it? You're excited? I did. It's so good. Uh, And this one is a series of narratives that spans 150 years in world history between America and Ireland. Starts in 1848 and then moves up basically to the present, to close to the present. Um, Mm. That's kind of all that I can say about it without like repeating the whole blurb. Yeah, that's all you need to know. If you know Cole McCann um, from Let the Great World Spin, you're going to be excited about this. Um, He's great. He, He does series of narratives, fragmented narratives, multiple narratives. He pulled it off beautifully and let the great world spin. This sounds like he's stretching even a little bit more across continent, across multiple decades and centuries. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm excited to see if he can he can pull it off. I'm looking forward to that one too. Yeah, the, the blurb was really good. I think this might be my first read of his. I um, don't envy the name of the next author that you got to pull off. I'm waiting no, here with the German I've judges been, to, to grade I've you. been practicing. Okay, do it. Let me, let me hear this. If you could see this name. Anyway, go for it. It's uh, The Lullaby of Polish Girls by Dagmara Domenczyk. Domenczyk? Nice. Something like that? Uh, you know uh, it's a, That's got to be close. Does the German judge uh, approve? 7.8, are you which sitting, is not bad from the Germans to be Are you sitting there. over there holding up a little sign? Because yeah, that's totally what I'm thinking. Okay, go for it. What's uh, it's about three friends coming of age in Poland in the 1980s and then also um, some of their experiences immigrating to the U.S. Uh, Dag, who wrote the book, is a friend of a friend of mine, um, Christine Onorati, who owns Word Bookstore uh-huh. in Brooklyn. So I've been hearing about this one for a while, but it has sort of exploded across the Bookternet. This week, we love it when the uh, booksellers get excited about. We do lots of stuff. Pay attention to that. 
bubbling up about it. And uh, she, the author has a really terrific Tumblr where she's doing um, some interesting writing about just about her life, not necessarily book related stuff, uh, but we can drop, I'll find the link and we can drop that in for you. But that is the lullaby of Polish girls. It's a debut novel, friends coming of age in the 1980s. You know, you want to read that this summer. I mean, what was I doing in the eighties besides coming of age? Nothing. Right. Right. Nothing. That's, it's a full-time job. around coming of age. <laughs> the coming of age is a full-time job. I know. It, it takes a whole, you know, 12 <laughs> to 16 years. <laughs> Just sitting around. Just sitting around age. coming of age. All right. Come on. All right. The, uh, these are paperbacks now that we're getting into. Uh, this one, I'm excited about this because most of us just know Emma Donahue from Room, which was her huge novel a couple of years ago, yeah. written from the voice of a five-year-old boy who uh, was born in captivity, basically. His mother was captured and he was born to her and their abductor and lived his whole life in this tiny room. Uh, that's the book that everyone knows Emma Donahue for. But before she wrote that book, she wrote historical smut, basically, yes. called Slammerkin, which was hot. It was so hot. Wow. And Sorry. No, it's okay. And uh, now she has edited a collection of short stories called Love Alters. They are lesbian short stories. Emma Donahue is uh, an out lesbian. And so Skyhorse uh, Publishing has put out a paperback of lesbian love stories that Emma Donahue has edited. Wow. And that's like... I mean, that's going to ring a bunch of my bells. Yeah, there's, you know what? That sounds kind of amazing. Doesn't it? Love Alters um, is the name of the collection. Is that out? That's coming out next that week? That is out. These are all books oh, that came out this past this Tuesday. Yes. So they are out now. You can download them or run down to your corner bookstore and get them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, other notable paperback releases, Dave Eggers' latest novel, A Hologram for the King, uh, which I have no thoughts about, but it's out in paperback now. A lot of people loved it. Yes. And The Middlesteens by Jamie Attenberg, mm-hmm. which was a huge uh, novel last year um, about a Jewish family deals with weight issues. Um, the party that they did for it at Housing Works recently was called Eat Your Feelings, <laughs> which... Or they like to call it Tuesday night. <laughs> right. Sort of fantastic. And it got an elusive Jonathan Franzen blurb. Oh, I didn't see that. I have to look that yeah, up. Yeah. Yes. The Franz. He oh, came out of... Good job, Jamie. Yeah, he came out of elusiveness. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, Quit talking about birds for one dang second. Yeah. And gave someone so a that is The Middle Steens by Jamie Attenberg. Those are and two that's huge a, paperback releases they from last year. Are, big yeah, literary fiction. Uh, spend your summer catching up in paperback on last year's big fiction releases. Those are two good places to start. Okay. And this concludes new books this All week. All right, thank you. So I don't know where I found this next link. I think I just saw it on the Twitter book. Um, there's a bar in New York City called Sidecar, which is a members-only bar. Ooh, which, I like that. Can we just talk about that for a second? Why are we not both members of a members-only bar? How how do we let this happen? I don't know. I mean, you could remedy that pretty quickly. Do you think they would take us? Uh, excellent point. <laughs> excellent point. But they um, have rules at this bar that we got, of which we approve. We love these rules. Do you want to start with the one we were? Let's just go through these. Okay. It's not really, there's, it's a, called the Constitution. It's a bar that has members as a Constitution. It says the ladies yeah. and gentlemen, the, the bar is called Sidecar. I love this. I love is, everything about it. Which is it. also a great drink. Have you ever had a Sidecar? Maybe. Good drink. Um, anyway, the art of conversation is a virtue. These are just tenets. They're just, this is what we believe in. So this is not one of those bars where you're going to go here, you know, nickel black playing really loud and you can't, you can't talk to anybody. Uh, members shall accommodate one another with decency. Yes. What, what can you say about 
Absolutely. Don't be a jerk. Members are entitled to suggest entitlements. I don't even know what that means and I like it. I don't either. Maybe you get to suggest other things you think members are entitled to. It's like a wish to, that one of your wishes, you can get more wishes. The genie yeah. lets you do that. That's You're a hall of to do that. But at the magical sidecar bar, you can have everything you want. I, you can suggest them. I should say you can only suggest. Now, I don't know how they decide that, but, uh, but here, here's the one. Um, here's the good one. Members reading books or discussing them shall not be disturbed. Let's move here. Why Give do we these live people here? a cookie. I, that's amazing. So, it's so amazing. Have, not have just, you ever spent much time reading a book in a bar? Uh, not in a bar, but in restaurants. When I travel, well, yeah. at bars, actually. When I travel, I like to sit at the bar um, to eat dinner and like talk to the bartender and learn about the place that I'm traveling by myself. And I usually have a book with me. So I have sat reading a book at a bar, but not necessarily in establishments that I would call bars, more like you know, at a bar in a restaurant. So this is basically acknowledging that if you're in the bar and you've paid your membership dues or you're a guest of someone who has, leave me the heck alone. If this I'm is a book. all the things that I want in life. I, I'm guessing now, I don't know from firsthand experience, but I'm guessing the ladies might like this rule the best. Am I right about this? Y- you know, I'm a fan of this. I'm, I have one notable experience reading a book at a bar when a man started talking to me about the book and like actually just wanted to talk about the book. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, and, you know what? You got to throw, you got to, you're going to lose some of that for peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the time I'm like, why are you talking to me? Right, exactly. <laughs> I just want to sit here with my book. You know, it's not like I get hit on by people while I'm reading all in, in public all the time, but I don't want to even tell you what I'm reading or exactly. what I think of it. Like I'm sitting there reading, leave me alone. Where are you from? Nothing. You just sit right. there and read no. and you can get them thrown out. Right. The only, the, the one time that the guy actually wanted to talk about the book, it was the new Alice Monroe story collection. And oh. I was like, oh, the universe has sent me this like nice man who is appropriately dressed and not creepy. And he wants to talk to me about Alice Monroe. You should Monroe. have got him on video. You kind of got money from the Inquirer because <laughs> it's like the Loch Ness Monster. He's, that's a unicorn. Exactly. Okay, uh, let's go through the rest of it. So that's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. why we caught our attention. But anyway, members may invite guests for whom they are responsible. First of all, they use whom. Gotta mm-hmm. love that. And yes. that means if one of your friends that you brought along with you is being uncontrollably terrible. That's on you, Bubba. That's on you, Bubba. Um, <laughs> the preference of the majority of members shall always be honored. It's, you know, just a straight-up democracy. Yep. Um, me- members may request spirits and wines not found at the bar to be procured, procured and held for personal use. That is awesome. That is great. I have a special something I like in my something. Mm-hmm. They don't carry it. Not only will they get it, but that's mine. They will keep your something and only you will have and the something. You don't have to request something and then they get it and then someone else drank it all. That's that's it's yours. You. It's there. You put it in your drink. Forget about it. Mm-hmm. Um, they put, I bet they put it in a little cubby that says Jeff's something. I hope so. Or just like my serial number. Right. You know? I don't think the sidecar would have serial numbers. No, they probably have like really precious like little tokens or symbols or something. Or code names. Oh, wax seals. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. The last one is acceptance <laughs> of membership acknowledges a bond of privacy and discretion. So you're going to do all this stuff, you're going to like it, and you're going to shut up about it. Yeah. What happens at the sidecar stays at the sidecar. So the sidecar, you know what? Next time you're in New York, we're going to this place. Okay. We're going to the sidecar. I don't even know where it is. I should look it up. We're going to be like, we brought our books and we don't want to talk to anyone. I guess we need to get memberships first. Maybe they'll give us a one-night trial. Maybe. Maybe we can – we gave them a lot. Shout out here. Come on. They got to – And we could prove it. I'll try out. We can prove that we can sit and read books and not talk. I'll, I'll not talk to you all night. All night. I'll not talk 
to you until the sun comes up. Um, Not talking is where we are Vikings. Yeah. Okay. All right. So there we go. The sidecar. Side we love that. We thought you awesome. guys would like that too. If okay. any of you guys have been, please email oh, us and tell yeah. us all about it. Podcast and, at bookriot.com. Because I need this to be, you know, I need this. I need this to be good. Yeah. Don't spoil this. Yeah, okay. You take the next one. Oh, okay. The next one. A.M. Holmes, who wrote a novel, which she's wrote a bunch of novels, yes. written a bunch of novels. I'm losing my past yeah, tense. Right. Don't worry about it. Uh, Anyway, she wrote a novel last year called May We Be Forgiven that was up for a bunch of stuff. It was up for the rooster in the morning news tournament of books. And she has just won the uh, Women's Prize for Fiction, which was formerly the Orange Prize, but is now sponsored by Bailey's. Awesome. I have so many thoughts. Okay. Where are we going to start with this? So first of all, we can go a couple of, We can go the book route. To talk about the book and her. Did you read, did you read this? I did. Um, oh, it was we opened one of, for the rooster. For, yeah, for yeah. It was yeah, one of the ones that uh, I wrote about for the okay, rooster. So we've got that. And then we've also got the Bailey's sponsorship part. Sort of great. And then we've got the issue of a prize just for women's books. Which of those interests you the most? Mm, you know, I feel like getting into the prize just for women's books is like that's a kraken in a bottle. Oh, there's another I'm kraken. Hoping. Okay, we've got two krakens. All right, let's, let's avoid put, that Let's one. avoid krakens tonight. Okay, so then you get to pick either Bailey's or the book itself. Mm. Can we sort of do both? No, no. I just, it's, it's our order. show. It's our show. It's, it's your order. show. It's your show. Pick one. You know, it's <laughs> it's my show. show. It's yeah. all my show. Right. Uh, I will talk about this book and then I want a sidecar membership. <laughs> <laughs> so the book is about a guy, a middle-aged guy who's screwing up and he's screwing up big time. He's sleeping with his brother's wife and a horrible thing happens to the wife and then to the brother and this guy ends up with the children, with that couple's children. So now he's raising yep. his, niece and, his niece and nephew while he was having an affair with their mother, uh, making big mistakes, generally being miserable. It's one of those books where, like, not a whole lot happens. It's just a meditation on, like, the ways in which we screw up and then try to dig ourselves out of it. Um, her, I thought her writing was really mm-hmm. gorgeous to read, but... If you are, I guess it depends on where you fall on the spectrum of liking books about people dealing with their crap. Yeah. Uh, I thought, you know, I thought it was an interesting choice for the Women's Prize because it's about a, I don't know, this is weird. Like, it's about a dude. Yeah. Isn't that weird to say? Like, well, there's a very masculine voice to it, yeah, too. It's and, not a. And I, I don't think that the Women's Prize should only be for books by women about women. I don't think that any stretch of the men. But this is a pretty male-centered kind of book. Like, if you told me A.M. Holmes was a dude, I would have totally believed you. Yeah, based on the voice Based on the voice and the concerns. Like, it's kind of like middle-aged, upper-middle-class white dude having problems, like, for real <laughs> I have a shelf problems. of those in my living yeah, room. Yeah, right? Like, I don't know. So I thought it was an, an interesting choice. Yeah. I don't think it's right or wrong. I just was like, Ooh. wow, that's really something that that's Who the book. Who were the other finalists? Well, there was Zadie Smith was on there mm-hmm. and... Um, Hillary Man- Mantle, Mantel, I don't know. Mantel, oh man, she beat Hillary Mantel. Yeah, I mean, so um, that, you don't do that. Uh, that's to, cr- that's a lot. So anyway, lot I thought that Hillary that was Mantel. interesting. I, I think it. Oh, she was up against uh, Kate Atkinson, Kate, Life and, After Life, and yeah. Barbara Kingsolver. I mean, come on. And Maria Semple, where'd you go, Bernadette? That's that. That's a you know what? That's a good short mm-hmm. list. If you're looking for that a, is a really good to knock short out five list. or six books this summer, especially for the kind of person that maybe um, would, or is interested in some gender parody in your reading. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need it, but if you're that kind of person, 
that's a heck of a that's a heck of a lineup to knock out. Uh, oh yeah, and I, I can't wouldn't think have picked really... this one. Well, I mean, I'm just saying it. I wouldn't have picked. Yeah, this one. you know, out of those, I don't think I'd have picked this one either. I'm. I would. I mean, I haven't read the Hillary Mantel. I'm terrified awesome. of those. It's awesome. Historical fiction. I was books, too, I be- and I tell you what, there's no zealot like the convert. They're amazing. <laughs> I believe you yeah, that okay. they're awesome. All right. So that's stipulated. Where'd you go? Bernadette was great. And also I think it's, good. it's because it's such a fun book. It seems yeah. like it gets taken less seriously, but it's really difficult to write a fun, funny, smart book. I thought book. NW, Smith was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't read Life After Life. Sorry. I, I've heard nothing but good things about that. I haven't read that. I also only read half of Flight Behavior, Barbara Kingsolver's latest, but I'm all for Barbara Kingsolver like winning stuff. I'm going to read that eventually. Did you DNF it? Did not finish it? Or are you just going to come back? Not intentionally. Yeah. It wasn't a like, Ugh, I'm right, done. Right. Uh, it just sort of, I think, got set aside in favor of sure. other things. No, I understand. Yeah. I'm just curious. So I so, thought that was interesting. Should we talk about that the sponsor? That is interesting. Yeah. So Orange, which... Which was financial I, services or something? I don't yeah. even know what it was. Like... Bad branding. If you're just a color, right. I mean, that's tough. <laughs> right. I didn't even know until a couple of months ago when talk about the sponsorship started happening that that Orange was a company that had sponsored this prize and not just like the name of yeah right not just like the name of the founder yeah. right. I just thought the Orange Prize for Fiction was the name of the like right the name of the person who founded it. But Bailey's um, Irish Cream. So interesting. Like Bailey's is the one that stepped up here. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> like your starter alcohol. If you're a 16-year-old, you're going to be in They must see some sort of value proposition in having their name they must attached. the ladies like the orange the, the Bailey's. So next year, are we going to have like the Bartles and James Women's Fiction Prize? Uh, hey, I'm, speaking of Krakens, <laughs> I'm staying away from that too. Well, there's trouble all over it's this podcast. In, it's mean, a minefield. <laughs> this is what we get for like we we had a whole day today for recording at night instead of being fresh and like wide eyed in the morning. Of course, we're drowsy and walking across the. Market. Yeah, well, you said starter alcohol. You know, I th- I think that's true of right. Bailey's. Wasn't that what I you wanted... did? You drank it over ice when you're like 16, and it tastes right. like a mochaccino. Right. Yeah, I want to know. I want to be like in the boardroom with the Bailey's people who yeah. decided that Bailey's should be the ones to sponsor this women's the fiction. The prize is thirty thousand like, oh. pounds. And like um, who else was yeah. um, who who else was eligible for that? So, so Bailey's like, basically has to put up the the prize money, I assume, and some admin fee for it, and maybe some additional on top for. The, so I mean, they're not selling it a lot of money, probably, but you know, fifty, sixty, seventy grand a year. That's not. Yeah. That's not nothing. I went down a little thought experiment rabbit hole today of like what other companies should sponsor oh. the book award for women, <laughs> and and mostly I came up with a list of. Companies that it would make me mad if they sponsored oh. the book award mm, for women. That's interesting because it feels stereotypical. Like the the Bailey's thing feels a little stereotypical. If it were like Zima, which you know doesn't even exist yeah. anymore, uh, and it that were would the feel mid nineties, right? Yeah, that would feel way too stereotypical. Mm. And then it was like, oh well, so maybe what like the Victoria's Secret yeah. Women's Prize for Fiction. What are the big companies Listen, that want to align know, like, themselves with like thinking women? In I don't some know way? much about branding, but I'm guessing these. The idea is, if these people just remember that we exist, they'll maybe remember we exist. Right. Oh yeah, isn't that the thing that you said in your critical linking piece? Like this is the first time I've even thought about That's Bailey's. Right. It worked. Interest. I mean, we're talking about it, mm-hmm. and we're worth what a couple bucks each. In we are dollars. So you know, although Saint Brendan's is my Irish cream of choice, so. What? Um, Come on. Really? Yeah. Is that what your um, special drink at Sidecar is going to be? Your Brendan's <laughs> Irish cream? No, I'm going to bet on a bar with books about 
reading with rules about reading having multiple Irish good, creams having a good whiskey selection oh, there you go. that is okay. the way that i will honor my irish brethren yeah. so am holmes wins the bailey prize congratulations to her interesting story i think i'm linking to it for tomorrow maybe um about what she's doing with her thirty thousand pound <laughs> oh yeah um, it's super glamorous i think so that's about 45 grand 50 grand dollars mm-hmm. she's paying off her um, house loan and she's buying some new shoes yeah, she said she's been wearing the same pair of shoes for 10 years. Yeah, she took out a loan against her house to fin- to support herself while she finished writing the book. So I guess it's a good thing she won. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, all right, congratulations, A.M. Holmes. Um, and check out some of those other finalists, too, if it, uh, if it sounds interesting. We've got another sponsor. Sponsor time. New one. Another new one. Yes. Audible.com. Oh, love them. So Audible.com, they're audiobooks. Mm-hmm. The largest catalog of uh, audiobooks available online. 100,000 titles to choose from in every genre. Thrillers, romance, comedy, sci-fi, business, nonfiction. Uh, You can play Audible on your iPhone, your Kindle, your Android device, and more than 500 other devices. I've got the Audible app on my iPhone right now. I use this. I use it before they started sponsoring it. I'm sure I'll use it long after. Um, All kinds of good stuff. They got a special. Here's the deal. Now, if you want to try Audible out, we got a deal for you. You go to audibletrial.com backslash, no, excuse me, forward slash. I always get that wrong. Audibletrial.com <laughs> slash book riot. And you can get a 30-day free trial that comes with the credit for a free audiobook. That That's just on this special URL alone. You can't go to audible.com and find this. You got to go to our URL. And uh, you go there and check it out. You can support the show. Um, so I got a rec for you. If you're looking for an if you haven't done audiobooks before, I, I, speaking of Nozella, like the convert, I never did this before, and I started mm-hmm. recently. I'm walking around. I'm on the I'm on the subway, and I've got into it a little bit. So it's summertime. You're going to take a car trip. Maybe you got the family in the car. Maybe you got uh, multi generational. You got mom, grandma, the kids, whatever. Jim Dale narrating Aaron Morganson M- Morganstern's The Night Circus. Ooh. That's it. That that's my pick for you and your family car trip this summer. That's a good pick. Jim Dale narrated the audiobook versions of Harry Potter, which are I think. As far as audiobook narration goes, those are legendary, wouldn't you say? Oh, yeah. They're I think amazing. Any, That's another Anytime people start talking about the great audiobook narration jobs, he's the first name that comes up for sure. Jim Dale narrating Aaron Morgenstern's The Night Circus, Aaron Morgenstern, friend of the show. I'm not going to say more about the book. That's how much of a recommendation yeah. it is. Ooh, go check I have it. a rec too. Go for it. For when your family is not in the car. This is grownups only and you want to be scared. Uh, the Strain by Guillermo del Toro is the first in uh, – trilogy, I think, sort of a modern vampire thing. If you liked The Passage by Justin Cronin, you'll like this. Um, But it is narrated by Ron Perlman, who played Hellboy and who has this like big, deep, creepy voice. And I listened to it on a road trip three summers ago, and I can still hear the sound in my head that this one old man makes when he's walking down this hallway towards so this one is of a, you're, you're the vampire creatures. Down the back, back oh, yeah. Like, you will... It, it was broad daylight, like, driving across West Virginia, and we were both like, we're not getting out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> it's scary. This it's a, it, it is scary. These are scary, mean vampires that are a little different from the typical, uh, you know, fang marks on your neck, suck your blood. Um, Guillermo del Toro directs great, weird movies too. Um, I can't do horror stuff, but that sounds, this is, if you liked the passage, um, you will love the strain there. I think all the books in the series are out now. I've only read the first two or I listened to the first one and I read the second one. Um, but great, creepy stories. Um, your skin will crawl, but you'll like it. So go to audibletrial.com slash book riot. 
um, to check these out, get your special 30-day free trial with it comes with the credit for a free audiobook. Check it out. I think you're going to like what you find there and uh, support the show. It'll keep us in these diamond-crusted uh, microphones I got for us. We don't oh, yeah. Yours has diamonds? Yeah. Yours it's are cubic just, zirconia. I didn't know if you could uh, tell when you were here that mine were the real thing. No. Um, you're I'm, fancy. I got to make the payments. Got to make my, <laughs> on the 15th, I got to turn my payments for I thought you were just having fun with a bedazzler. No, though. no. Those are the real McCoy. Shinsky, those are the real McCoy. All right. <laughs> Next story. This is you. Why don't you take this one? All right. So our friends at Barnes & Noble who make the Nook rolled out a new program today called Nook Snaps. And the snaps are basically ebook singles. They are uh, long, short fiction, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, and narrative nonfiction. So they're, they're longer. They're the Capri Pants of fiction. Yes, they are the Capri Pants of fiction. They're longer than a short story, uh, but shorter than a whole book. Uh, most of them are $1.99 and they've, they've just rolled out a handful to start with. So this afternoon I downloaded one. Uh, I downloaded How to Be a Playgirl by Jess Ann Collins, who was an editor at Playgirl magazine. And it's about like, it's like this was written for me. It's about um, how to like how she maintained her feminist principles and her ideas about what society and art should be while also Photographing you know, naked dudes. Photographing naked dudes and trying to think of the best headlines for pieces about sex toys, that sort of thing. Um, so I downloaded it. It was $1.99. The process was easy. I like this option. It's 94 pages, which to me is that's, that's, not that's quite not, a quick read. No, that's so. So, <laughs> the, I mean, the obvious comparison is the Kindle singles, right? Yes, I mean, right. this is a competitor to that, I think, if you've been interested in Kindle singles, this is going to be interesting to you as well. Um, I'm just looking here. There's fiction. There's yeah, nonfiction. The, there's the branding for it says quick reads for every moment. So yeah. I was expecting like 45 pages. That's pretty long. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, like long. you're you stuck at pages. the DMV. You're sitting in the doctor's office, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Here's a thing you can open up and read the whole thing or most of it while you're waiting. Yeah, 94 was a little surprising. Yeah, I like this uh, development. But I like this too. This is how I want to read The New Yorker. If someone from The New Yorker is listening, I want to download like three things a month for a, a buck a piece Could rather, not agree than, more. rather than wrangling my New Yorker digital subscription that I had to get because my New Yorker print subscription just fills me with guilt and sadness. It's true. You actually pay more for the guilt and sadness. That's uh, the middle section that's always about um, <laughs> world geopolitics <laughs> that I skip. Oh, right. Um, yeah, so that's cool. I, good job for Barnes & Noble. I think if you have the Nook or you have a Nook app on your iPad mm-hmm. or your Android device, yeah. you can do this. So It was um, cool. They have some good variety there. It feels to me like, you know, the nonfiction is going to be that stuff that makes for a great magazine piece that you want more than what mm-hmm. you can get in the magazine piece, but that doesn't quite need to be a whole book. Like Malcolm Gladwell, you should just start writing these. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah, and um, a friend of the site, Maris Kreisman, who runs the awesome blog Slaughterhouse Nine Hundred Two One Zero, which combines literary quotes with television stills. She's the editorial director of Nook Snaps. That's right. So good job, Maris. Good job, Maris. And uh, we like this. It's good that there's someone else doing this, so you can get a more um, robust selection of these long form pieces that you know pretty reasonably priced. You read it, you know, ninety four pages. Most people can read that in a couple hours. So. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's pretty great. So that's Nook Snaps. We'll put that in the show notes. Yep. But probably if you just Google Nook Snaps or go to barnesandnoble.com, you can find it there. You want to take the next one? Yeah. Um, Suzanne Collins, Hunger Games. Speaking of Katniss Everdeen, she said, Suzanne Collins did, that she's going she to write it. a new teen series. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like this didn't get as much play as it should have. Was I wrong about that? No, it seems no like it should be huge. She has another book coming out, I think, this fall. So Yeah, it's a children's is, book called Year the, of the Jungle. Right. That's a one-off. Yeah. But she said at Book Expo that she was going to write a new teen series. And somehow there, this is not all over the place. I'm really confused about how this is not all over the place I yet. I guess maybe she just didn't say much more about it than it's another teen series. But That's all she said. Like, that it's going to exist is news, I think. I mean, if J.K. Rowling said, I'm writing another teen series, like, we'd all be losing our stuff all over. We would. My stuff would be all over the walls and (laughs) and just completely all over. Um, I'm just going to need a minute. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. Um, But for this, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's... People aren't as excited about her. Yeah, that's all I, I can I mean, think. Maybe it's BEA, and there's too much going on at some And I mean, the, that world. So J.K. Rowling's an interesting comparison that you make because that world in Harry Potter is so magical, and we all wanted to live there. You know, you uh, want to go. Where the Hunger Game world sucks, is right? Like, yeah, you don't want to go. You don't want to like go live in the Hunger Games. You're just, like, it's a great story to watch, but you're so glad the whole time yeah. that you're just watching the story and you don't live there. Where we all just want to just like crawl into. Mm-hmm the Harry Potter books and hang out there and drink butterbeer. Um, I wonder if that is some of it. Maybe, like, maybe. like, ooh, I don't want to return to the universe that Suzanne right. Collins will well, make. And I, but. I don't know these books. And it's, so it's, it's not like you would think she's going to return to that world. I mean, she right. said that. Um, so these will probably come out, they say, by the end of 2014 or early 2015. Yeah, and we have a we have a piece running on the site on bookriot.com tomorrow by one of our contributors who is speculating. Oh, right. She's yeah. making educated guesses. She's taking some data that we know about Suzanne Collins and her background and what she's worked on before. She wrote for Clarissa Explains It All, which mm. was on Nickelodeon, which I loved, which you know now you know roughly right. how old I am. Um, so Kit is making some educated guesses about what this series will be about, and that's pretty interesting. Okay. Um, but I think that's going to be – I mean, imagine – there, there have to be like midnight release parties happening in bookstores everywhere I the night before the new Suzanne well, Collins series, right? A new series? I don't know. Be interesting to see. Yeah. Huh. Suzanne Collins. Well, that's that's going to be a big story in uh, another year and a half or so when that comes out. I hope it's good. You know. I uh, hope so uh, too. You know, the more good series for everyone, the better is what I say. All right, birthdays. Do it. To well, you know, a lot of people born in June. But we got. To, I'm going to do highlight two birthdays for you this week. The first of which, Harriet Beecher Stowe, who mm-hmm. wrote uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, was born June 14th, 1811, in Litchfield, Connecticut. Um, you may know that she serialized uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, Uncle's Uncle Tom's Cabin, before it was available as a full edition. And the, my factoid for you this week is, she was paid 400 bucks for that serialization. Mm. 400 bucks. Which I did the math, and by I did the math, I mean I looked it up on Google, that that's worth 12000 bucks in today's dollars. Does that seem high or low to you? I don't know what to think about that. Hmm. You know, that's interesting. The, I think it seems both high and low. Uh, that's cheating. The, it is. I'm going to get – I'll okay. yeah, break right, it down. Right. So the average book advance well, for true. a novel, if you're a debut novelist – And it's literary is, fiction. That's what you have to call Uncle's right, Tom Cabinet. Is literary fiction is – Three dollars. Mm. No, right. Maybe <laughs> ten grand. Like you're real yeah, lucky maybe. if you yeah. get a Dave ten thousand dollar. Ten grand is pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. So I don't know. Was she was she paid this four hundred dollars in eighteen eleven dollars up front for the yeah. novel yep. the serialization? Yep. Yep. So that's what she got up front. Mm-hmm. So that's about that's like getting a twelve thousand dollar advance. Mm-hmm. And you okay. might 
you might never sell enough copies of it to earn royalties. If you're her, you certainly do. If you write the next Uncle Tom's Cabin, you do. But a $12,000 advance for a work of literary fiction, especially about the issues that she wrote about, that's pretty respectable. Yeah, 1852, it was serialized. So 10 years, uh, 10 years or so before the Mm. um, Civil War broke out. So it was a hot topic. I'm sure that moved some units, boy. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that magazine got its money's worth. Excuse me. I wonder how many copies of Uncle Tom's Cabin have sold in the history oh, of ever? Question. Well, it's all in public domain now, so it can right. be passed around. And that's true. Everything. So that's Harriet Beecher Stowe, as Lincoln said. So you're the little lady that started this whole thing. Mm, um, that's a reputation. That is. The other birthday I'm going to do for you this week, Maurice Sendak. Oh, yep. Maurice. Born June 10th, uh, 1920, and died almost a year ago, mm-hmm. uh, May 8th, 2012. He was born in Brooklyn, New York two Polish-Jewish immigrants. Um, my factoid about him is that his, probably his second most famous book after Where the Wild Things Are, The Night Kitchen. I think so. Yeah, as frequently one of the most challenged books in public schools um, because of that scene of the kid dancing around naked in the kitchen. Kids, kids don't ever run around yeah. naked, Jeff. They Two, don't. Th- 2008, it was the in the top 20 for most challenged books to get taken out of... Um, public school libraries. And it's what, like, Go Ask Alice and that picture book about the gay penguins. It's always and Huck Maury Finn. Sindak, Huck Finn's right? always number one. Well, Fahrenheit 451. Right. You know. Um, so anyway, that's, you know, if you could believe that, um, that's that's too bad. I hope I hope everyone who challenged that failed and they have to read everything he wrote. Yes. All right, we got one so, more story. Oh, man, this is this a is good story. This is our favorite story. story. We, we like this. We saved it for the end. Yeah. So this just, you know, I think my heart grew three sizes when I read this story earlier this week. But Dolly Parton, you know, famous country music singer, Dolly Parton, Parton. um, has this awesome program called Imagination Library that puts books into children's homes. It started in her hometown in Tennessee, and it's expanded to 1,400 communities across the U.S., England, and Canada. And it has put... Wait for this, Jeff. Mm, I, 50 million books, 50 million into kids' homes. Mm, that is so many books. Mm, 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 mm. Dolly freaking Parton. Well, okay, so two things. No, I have more than two things to say about it. First of all, we get these books in this house. How do you get them? I want the we Dolly sign Parton up. books. You oh. sign up. It's for kids. We That's signed so up. Crazy. And it, there's a couple of cool things about it. One is it comes regularly. And the second cool thing about it is it has... It gets sent to the kid themselves, like has their name on it. Oh, nice. So that's a lot of fun, right? You get a new book, has your name on it. And uh, book mail is the best mail. Book mail is the best mail. It's free. Um, I think they just actually stopped in New York for some terrible, you know, administrative reason that I don't hmm. know or care about enough to um, be um, sufficiently angry about it. And the second thing is the back. Did you read the backstory about how she, why she started this? Yeah, that her dad couldn't read. Her dad couldn't read. There were no books in her house growing up, and it really crippled his, you know, sense yeah. of self and professional outlook. And she knew, really, by negation, how important mm-hmm. having books around um, was. So I, that's an amazing story. Dolly Parton, the book fairy, started man. Started out in her, her home county in rural Tennessee 17 years ago, and now is in 1,400 communities um, around. So basically mm-hmm. it works. You have an affiliate program that raises money to pay for the books and mailing. And the, it sounds like Parton's organization negotiates really low prices and helps out with the admin. The books come at $2 a piece. 
Um, it's called the Imagination Library. You can Google it if you want to sign up or get involved in this or sign up your kids or someone you know that has kids. It's great. The books that came are, you know, they're really good stuff. Um, um, my son has liked most everything, I think, that's been sent. It's an unbelievable program. So cool. And it's just awesome. Like, not just that she's doing this very awesome thing to get books into kids' homes, but it, isn't it great when you discover that a celebrity that you know for something that's totally not books turns out to be a book person? Yeah, I know. And not just a book person. Like, she's a book person doing good book things. Yeah, that's... that's Put amazing. on your wings, Dolly Parton. You are the official 700, book 700,000 books a month internationally this month. I will make her wings myself and send them. Man, that's great. Um, so awesome. 50 million books. I just, Dolly Parton, good yeah, on you. Good so job, good. Dolly. So good. So I so, guess that's our show. We got, got a else? happy note to end on. I know. I'm thrilled. I'm getting, you know, it's going to take me a while to come down from this. It's so happy. My NyQuil that's kicking in. Might yeah, that'll do the trick. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to find show notes, we're going to drop the links to the stuff we talked about in show notes. You can find that bookriot.com slash category slash podcast. You'll see a list of the um, previous shows, and you can click on the show notes for this episode or other episodes if you haven't, uh, if you're not all caught up. Um, I'm Jeff O'Neill. I go by Reading Ape on Twitter at Reading Ape. You are Rebecca Shinsky, and I go by at Rebecca Shinsky, which is S C H I N S K Y on Twitter. Got feedback for the show for us? You can email us at podcast at bookride.com. Um, information about something we talked about, correct a mistake, something you'd like us to talk about, anything at all. We will look at that. You can also, um, if you're on Twitter, you can uh, at reply at Book Riot, and we both look at that, and we will see it and even respond to it if it uh, needs a response. Otherwise, we will just bask in the glow of your compliments and laudation. And speaking of compliments and laudation, if you like the show and you would take a moment to rate it or review it on iTunes, that helps other people find it, and we will love you. And you can see us writing all the time at bookriot.com about books. And that's it. Thanks so much for listening. Rebecca, we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye, Jeff.